I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is the second season premiere of Sweet, the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. And we've missed you all and we're back. Yay. So in case you didn't remember, or if you're new to the show, this is the podcast where I, Gina Bloom, a trans female comic, introduce some of my favorite uh, funny people to the to the magical world of bro culture, of manly movies, of manly things, of of just man stuff in general. And uh, following the tradition of the first season premiere, we're doing things a little bit differently. I have back in the studio my little brother, Carson Hyde. Say hi, Carson. Oh, hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Don't, uh-huh. don't worry. He does get livelier. Um, <laughs> and uh, sitting right next to Carson, um, and I'm so excited for this. Uh, they got married a week ago today, right here in New York City. Uh, newlywed uh, spouse, Bobby Harder. Say hello. Hi. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Wonderful. So uh, congratulations, y'all, on on the marriage. H- how's it been a week of being married? Um, pretty good. Like, mm-hmm. Kind of the same as before getting married, but then we have new cookware. You have new cookware, <laughs> yes. Priorities. You have a legally binding contract. Yeah. So now whenever I borrow Carson's items, which is a point of issue, it's legally they're mine. So. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I yeah. got new slippers, and you know when you wear slippers and they get less soft, but I'm not the one making them less soft. You're not the one. <laughs> but now but now they belong to the two of you, yeah. so it's not your slippers anymore. It's, Our, it's the people's slippers. <laughs> it's yeah. it's, it's, yeah. the, co- it's the collective group slippers. And the group, the group breaks in the slippers, so <laughs> I guess there's nothing you can say about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they belong to the family. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> belong to the family. They are family slippers. Do you know how this works? So I brought Carson on the first episode of of the um, 
first season uh, because it was our discussions that led to the idea behind this podcast because I, I have been trying to impart wisdom and lessons of masculinity throughout Carson's entire life. And I think he's done an okay job with it. I think he's, I think he's, I don't know how much he's actually taken from me, but he's doing an okay job of it, at least on his own. And I will take credit for the good stuff and not for his whining about the slippers. But anyway, (laughs) so, but we're here to talk about another film. And uh, this is going to be the start of a little marathon here on the show. Um, Because it's one of my, one of my emotional favorites in in Brodom. Uh, we are talking about nothing less than The Fast and the Furious, the first film in the nine-film and counting mega-franchise uh, starring Vin Diesel, Paul Walker, and in later uh, episodes, The Rock, yes. Jason Statham, Kurt Russell, Helen Mirren, uh, Charlize Theron so many people so many people pass through this fan- yeah. this franchise um, but we're talking about The Fast and the Furious the first one released in 2001 it tells the story of of uh, LAPD uh, rookie Brian O'Connor as he attempts to infiltrate the uh, the, the far out uh, street team street racing world in, in Los Angeles circa 2001 and more specifically, the the gang uh, led by Dominic Toretto, played by Vin Diesel. Not, I should say, not at this point referring to themselves as the family yet. They yeah. have not achieved family status. They are a team. Mm-hmm. Not a gang. Not a gang, <laughs> but a team. They, they are not yet a family, but they are a team. They are a team of street racers that also rob DVD players. Again... This 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 series changes a lot. <laughs> by by the most recent mainline Fast and Furious film, they're stopping submarines. But here in the first one, we're we're robbing DVD players. But that's cool. Mm-hmm. It was released in two thousand one, and it was a pretty good hit. Uh, it, it scored at the time a seventy eight percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was a big box office hit. Uh, kind of a surprise hit, uh, taking in about two three hundred million dollars worldwide. And the critics were generally pretty kind, not all of them, but generally pretty kind. Uh, Elvis Mitchell, the New York Times, didn't like it so much. He said, such a drag that it ends up doing something hard to imagine. It makes you long for the soulless professionalism of a Jerry Bruckheimer movie. Ouch, that's a little rough. But um, other people seem to like it quite a bit. Ken Turan of the LA Times said, an action picture that's surprising in complexity of its key characters and portents of tragedy. Portents of tragedy here, here in know. the Fast and the Furious. I got that from that movie. <laughs> but okay. All right. Um, we're going to talk a little bit more about the film, but Carson, um, give us your first impressions on watching the Fast and the Furious. Now, we do have a caveat. You did see it years ago, but it had the memory of it had pretty much just fallen out of your head. Is that is that an accurate description? Yeah, I I think I saw it maybe when it was in theaters. Okay. So I was like in high school, and then we watched it again this morning. Uh, it felt very 2001. I was yes. like, I'm, I'm pretty sure I had all those wallet chains. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure my friends had those like really ugly shoes that were like platform shoes, but also Hot Wheels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
All right. So uh, tell us your impressions of what the Fast and Furious was doing, what it was trying to say, and uh, how you feel about it. Go for it. I don't know. Like, uh, I think my attention span is worse than when I was younger. It was, um, it was just all these mad bros. Like, who's this new bro? <laughs> and I just kept, the whole time I was watching the movie, I just kept thinking of that Ricky Bobby movie, just thinking of myself, I want to go fast. And I was like, laughing at myself. So it was like really hard to, to take any of it really seriously. Um, yeah, that's it. I, it seems like Paul Walker in that movie is a really bad cop. He's like, go ahead, you're free because we have camaraderie now. And yeah. Also, like, where do they get these grappling hooks to shoot through the front of? The, like, this is a very elaborate. Grappling I mean, hook. I mean, it'd be not the first question you'll you'll ask in the series where you're like, where did that come from? <laughs> Seriously. But, yeah. But they were like, they were just like, they were just street dudes, and yes, they did have these high tech grappling hooks that they could shoot from one moving car to the next, and then shoot themselves. Flawlessly into the hole in the window. That that was that was a pretty slick trick there, guys. And like NOS is a real thing because it seems like you could only use it for like illegal purposes. So why why like <laughs> do people really do this to cars? <laughs> there were, I, yeah, I had questions like that back in the day when I saw this. Like this doesn't make sense. This seems highly unsafe. There's no legal purpose to have this tank that you plug into your car. How is it for sale just out in a store <laughs> where they even deliver it to you? In a really fancy um, container. Like when they first introduced <laughs> Nas and like uh, Brian's like, oh, I need this. It's like in like one of those like kind of revolving like jewelry. Ca- like it's like where you like, you know, are displaying fine jewelry or something like in a store. Fine go fast products. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Bobby. Again, congratulations Thank on you. the wedding. You are a lifelong uh, supporter of the franchise, are you not? Yeah, pretty much. Um, so I also saw it in theaters, and this is uh, where Carson and I's age gap gets really, really fun, because I was <laughs> not in high school um, in 2001. Uh, and I saw the first movie. I don't actually, I'm pretty positive I saw it in theaters. Um, and I've always loved a action movie, um, so I was a huge fan. I. I actually trailed off. I think I saw like Tokyo Drift and a few of them throughout the years. Yeah. And it wasn't till like whatever the seventh one came out. Yeah. I like was marathoning them all and kind of catching up for the seventh movie. And I really loved the seventh movie. So that's kind of when I got like really back into the Fast that's and the when, Furious. When you got back in the family. Mm-hmm. And I have uh, my beautiful, beautiful box set from which we watched in the, uh, I that's have them all on DVD. True. Yeah. And I remember uh, seeing that box set in the apartment that Carson and I shared it like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I, you're like, Bobby's going to make me watch these. And like, it didn't happen <laughs> apparently until. No. I think we did watch one, but I was recovering from surgery. So I was like, cool, cool. Um, thanks for all these drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I think we watched a lot of like Hellraiser movies instead or like The Wishmaster. It was kind of oh, what yeah. we wound up doing. Hellraiser, that's. Yeah, that was a fine film. Yeah, that's that, that's a good franchise. All right, so um, Fast and the Furious. <laughs> All right, again, Brian O'Connor infiltrates the Toretto gang, the Toretto team, mm-hmm. and they are here 
to race cars and uh, steal DVD players. And uh, Brian doesn't want to believe that uh, Toretto is a criminal because he's too, uh, he's, he's, got, he's too controlled, right? He's, he's, <laughs> he's got too much control for this. And uh, and his his boss, played by Ted Levine, is like, no, it was always Toretto. I know this movie backwards and forwards, by the way. <laughs> I've seen this. I've seen this particular film no less than twenty five times. Oh, wow. and I saw I saw this. Um, I saw this when it came out. I was unemployed, and our older brother, uh, John, and I watched this thing like on DVD easily 20 times. He was also unemployed. I think we were just like hanging out on the couch just being unemployed scumbags and watching <laughs> The Fast and the Furious and like going to Taco Bell and like talking about painting our cars like bright green and shit. Uh-huh. And like, yeah, that was that was the time. So this movie... That's the most Florida shit I've ever heard. I'm sorry. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. We never actually did. I did have a Nissan Sentra at the time and I thought that we could... Not that we could soup it up, but, mm-hmm. you know. Put a fin on it. Put a fin on it. Throw some NOS tanks in it. Get some sick side decals. Yeah, that's right. Get some, like, you know, some, like, replace the back window with a stereo that has, like, a fishbowl or something. I, I don't know. Like, all all of the stuff. All of the stuff that, um, that one could want. Um, yeah, let's talk about that, though. 2001, dude. 2001, you were in high school. Um, did you remember this being like a thing for like the for like the dudes? Because like I remember Florida back then, and like there pe- people were souping up their cars and they were trying to street race and and like I don't know if it came out because of this film or if it's just like a a lucky incident like they they happened to hit the zeitgeist right at the right time. I think it was more like luck because like I definitely remember kids being into racing and i'm actually surprised i'm still alive because um who knew that a hyundai elantra could do like 120 Uh, (laughs) i do now all right i I gotta hear this i tell us tell us about the time that that you turned a hyundai elantra into a 10 second car i mean it it took way more than 10 seconds (laughs) but you know i was i was young and i guess hanging out with a, a roving pack of young lesbians driving their shitty cars super fast in clear water. Cause you know, there's all these like stretches of bridge and there's nobody on the roads at night. So you just, I don't know. So we would do stupid shit, like drive super fast or drive fast and throw pennies at each other. <laughs> what else are you going to do when you're driving fast? A penny really hurts. <laughs> so would you say that you were the, the Dominic Toretto of your gang or, or what, what role were you? Yeah. The, Who's the really nerdy guy? Jesse. Who's like really Jesse. With that Jesse's guy. my favorite but character. But not with cars. In no, this no, movie I get that. Yes. By like a mile. Yeah. So, so, so you were the Jesse of the gang. You were the nerd that you know that that took a tragic turn. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Except they didn't take a tragic. Didn't take the tragic turn. turn. I left Florida. <laughs> not a tragic. Got a turn. career. Yes. You know. <laughs> moved to a, moved to a big city. Got a job. Got got married. Yeah. No. Not. <laughs> I think everybody else, I think you're like the bizarro version of that. I think everybody else took the tragic turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then here you are. All right, Bobby, you said you saw this when you were not in high school. Yeah. Um, I think I was in middle school. Okay. And I think that math makes sense. Um, yeah, that math makes my, sense. Yeah. So one of my, my 
uh, best as as you do when you're in middle school and it's like fresh into the the the, the thousand the two thousands. Um, we were uh, trying out different things, and I would ultimately settle on being uh, a goth kid uh, in high school. But my friend, um, her name's Maya. I don't know. She probably still exists. Um, but uh, we lost touch forever ago. She was super into this the specific aesthetics of that movie. Like, I think I can get, I guarantee she is like worn without the Hot Wheels platforms because. Like, I don't even know where you'd get that. Like, I uh, did Hot Topic, maybe? Yeah, Hot Topic, definitely. I, definitely. Yeah, but, like, yeah. she definitely had, like, a lot of those, like, really uh, tight-fitting tank tops, like, situations. Basically, Letty's entire wardrobe in this movie was how my friend Maya dressed. And it was, like, very uh, aspirational for her. And that's how I wound up seeing the first movie and kind of getting into them. And, like, like, like what was the, what was, Bobby, what was the, like, effect? as a middle school kid watching this like really aggressive testosterone. <laughs> I, so I was really confused. I mostly confused. Um, I still to this day don't know anything about cars and Carson's car knowledge is like one of the stranger things that I like forget that you know about. Um, I was basically a completely foreign word world for me. Um, I was in suburban DC at the time uh, in Virginia and it was just not not my world at all. <laughs> so I think my most takeaway was like, huh, this seems dangerous and not really my thing. <laughs> but it's fun to watch. So uh, you know this, but the audience might know, not know this. Uh, Carson and I come from a car family. Mm-hmm. Our, our dad was an auto mechanic slash used car reseller slash criminal i don't know exactly how else to phrase it but we all had to spend a lot of time around a busted ass car helping him fix things i think i think what happened is that as the kids got younger that that responsibility became less and less um because i remember older brother he was he was like picking up engines and shit and like things that i would never do yeah it was just like Drive this car back that has no power steering. Right. And like, well, the power steering is not a big deal. That happened. I had to do that. But there were times like, drive this car back that spits fire out of the tailpipe. <laughs> <laughs> so the, one of the cars, one of the first cars they had, you had to drive with your foot on both the gas and the yeah. brake at the same time. And dad was just like, I idled it up. So it wouldn't die. And he bought me <laughs> a used tire that. that exploded on the highway mm-hmm. when I was doing like 90. And I was like, cool. Yeah, this that happened quite great. a bit. Uh, one of his one one of Dad's cars, uh, the wheel came off. <laughs> not the tire did not go flat. The actual wheel came <laughs> off the body, <laughs> and you you have no idea how fast a car can stop when the when the front wheel actually comes off the body and metal hits the ground. It stops really really fast oh and like fast faster than you can even comprehend what happened. <laughs> And then you get out of the car and you see the wheel just, just going down the road, just just carrying on the drive without you. So certainly not fast, but definitely furious was was our exposure to the, to the automotive world. And I think that's what that's what our old brother and I got out of this was that you know it, it was a car movie and we were car people, mm-hmm. and like there were people there was always like a wrench in someone's hand and they really romanticized you know auto mechanicry um 
I objectively hated that stuff. Like I, I, my least favorite thing in the world to do when, when dad would be like, Hey, I need your help outside. <laughs> and then there's like, there's like some giant piece of machinery suspended from a tree. And like, he's <laughs> like, get under there and, <laughs> and cut this like weird piece of line for me so that I can drain gasoline out of it or something like that. Like th- it filled me with dread, but like, but like cars were like the masculinity that, that I that I learned uh, more than anything else because dad wasn't into sports Mm-mm. and he wasn't into like um, like he liked like violent movies but he wasn't like he wasn't necessarily like he didn't talk about them a lot he liked war movies and things like that but his his big signifier of masculinity was cars so um, that was not just this film but cars in general were like was like how he taught me as a you know as a as a pre trans trans how how to be mm-hmm. a dude, and uh, you as a pre trans male, I I don't he didn't quite get you. I'm pretty I think yeah. I think that's pretty obvious. I think you can attest to that. It's just so funny because I feel like other than like Johnny, I probably like know the most of our cars like i have this weird party trick where like any car i made between like 1980 and like 2005 <laughs> i can see it on the street and immediately know what like the make and model is oh it's really impressive That's um it. especially if you're like me and terrible at identifying like <laughs> ubers um like you're trying to meet your car outside i'm like i have no idea what this means yeah, you're like is that it i'm like no that's a honda so, so you can tell the difference between a toyota celica and a toyota supra because i cannot <laughs> I think probably I would. I, I would one of them, them is the one of them is is the is the two seater. I believe that's the Supra. Yeah. I think the, I think the Supras are actually in the Fast and the Furious. I think they I yeah, they can make those into ten second it. cars. Yeah. All right. So this this is uh, turning quickly into Top Gear. Uh, we're going to, <laughs> we're going to switch uh, switch gears a little bit, and we're gonna play a clip of the of the official trailer for the Fast and the Furious, the first film. In this history-making franchise, and it'll be coming at you. Just a sec. One race, 2G buy it, winner takes all. I don't have any cash, but I do have the pink slip to my car. You brave. Oh yeah, brave. this is it. You're in. <laughs> wow. On the street, where reputations are made. <laughs> It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. If you're not first, you're last. Winning's winning. In a world beyond the law. <laughs> we drive like we've done this before. No, never. If you have what it takes. You want a beer? Yo, Dom, why'd you bring that fool here? Because he kept me out of handcuffs. You can have it all. My brother likes you. Usually he doesn't like anybody. But when rivalries are a way of life... I thought we had an agreement. You stay away, I stay away. When loyalty is all that matters... You don't know this punk, Dom. Watch your back. You break her heart, I'll break your neck. Would you be willing... Yeah, stick by me? Maybe. ...to risk everything? They keep cutting back to that scene where uh, Letty and Dom hook up in the uh, like mechanic shop, and when Chris and I were watching it this morning, we're like, "This is just so unsanitary." 
And everybody, the whole movie is so sweaty, like all the time. Like it's in LA, right? Like it's yes. not in LA. It, it's, I mean, they're in, they're downtown. This should be fine. Too, too sweaty. <laughs> also, I think there's like a line different in this trailer than in, in, when we watch the DVD. The mesh shirt guy is all like, "Why'd you bring this fool here?" Vince. And then this morning, I'm pretty sure he said, "Why'd you bring this Buster here?" Oh yeah, no, he definitely says Buster. Uh, you can take the headphones yeah, out. Yeah. Um, no, I, I yeah, I, I I saw that right away because like Buster is such a big word in this franchise. Like they, they <laughs> like it, it's not the last time they refer mm-hmm. to Paul Walker as Buster in this franchise. They it <laughs> becomes his like becomes his like uh, nickname. The Buster and like, I remember when when our older brother and I would watch this, and there's a scene, uh, and they and they reference it. It's the one you're talking about where the cops have chased uh, Toretto around and uh, Brian saves him. It's all a setup. It's all an elaborate setup because they want to bring down the team, mm-hmm. and um, brings him back to the house, and then Vince, who is who hates uh, Brian because of you know rivalry with with Jordana Brewster. We'll get into all of that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, why'd you bring the buster here? And, <laughs> and Toretto's like, because the buster brought me back. Yeah. <laughs> that was a pretty epic line. Yeah, dude. yeah. So like for literally for like six years after that, we'd be like, the buster brought me back. <laughs> and like that, that became, yeah. that became like a rallying cry. Uh, at least, at least, at least in our family, it did. Uh, yeah. Uh, read Jordan, Jordana Brewster. I forgot part of why this franchise is so important to me. So I have a colossal crush on Jordana Brewster. As, and have as we all do. Since forever. And I think this is the first movie I saw her in. And that, as we're talking about, it, I'm like, why did I like this movie in middle school? That's why. Yeah. Yeah. That'll do it. Uh, uh, the faculty. She's yes. In that. Yes. Yeah, the faculty's great. Uh, it's really good. Did you see Debs? Debs is like one of my favorite movies yes. of all Debs time. Is really nope. Corny. Carson. Carson. <laughs> we're getting a lot of we're getting a lot of, we're getting a lot of differences of opinion over here. It's very cheesy. It's fine. No, it's fine. it's like I love that movie so much. <laughs> it came out uh, in 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 the wedding last week that um, that you guys basically bonded over the witch. Mm-hmm. A film that I took Carson to to begin with, uh, so I take credit for your relationship, <laughs> and apparently I will take credit for the dissolution of your relationship over Debs and the Fast and the Furious. <laughs> <laughs> your reconcilable differences. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you saw the trailer, dude. Does that does that take you back? Do you do you remember? Um, you remember 2001 a little better now because that was about as 2001 as, a, as anything can fucking get. That was that was that was definitely in a world oh, where yeah. loyalty mattered. <laughs> yeah, so I would have been like I think in the tenth grade in 2001. Yeah, um, yeah. People were really big on loyalty. I remember, like in high school. I don't know. Like, do we even know what weirdly the word they, means they were? Like yeah, no. Weirdly, they were. 15? I remember, and I think it may have just been a Florida thing. Yeah, uh, or at least you know a Lakeland, Florida thing, mm-hmm. because like there was like this weird, especially among dudes, there was like this weird like romantic like, like yeah, we're we're in this together, bruh. Like mm-hmm. like die for you, homie. And then like then like three years later, you'll never see them again. Like mm-hmm. half of them go to prison, the other half go to college. And like that is it, 
Like nothing, never talk to them again. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm interested though, uh, Carson, in, in the um, in the Lesbro thing that you were talking about <laughs> earlier. <laughs> the the lesbian community there in Central Florida that seemed seemed a little dirtbag. And I, I was, did, did yeah. have any like kind of any like cross cultural like like leanings with like uh, with like bro stuff, or was it? It was like pretty broy and like pretty mask, but like um, I don't think my friends were as good as the Fast and the Furious friends because well, obviously like, we they, all got caught with weed once, and like they all tried to bail, and this girl was like, "That's not my purse," and the police looked at me, and they're like, "That's not this fucker, this fucking guy's purse. Like, <laughs> <this> <laughs> guy's, it's not obviously not yours. It's obviously yes. not your purse." And so they were all just trying to like blame each other, and I was like, I hate all of you is that when you had the bleached rat tail or is that later no i was uh, <laughs> well into my 20s when oh. i had the bleached rat tail i was living in san francisco then so mm-hmm. yeah we found a bunch of wig bleach and a bunch of us bleached our hair in this gross punk house i remember the, the your little crust punk house i never saw it but i remember hearing tales of mm-hmm. it. it it was gross was what was your friend from the wedding part of that scene no he was um like my one upstanding. Well, he he's a delight. I met this. I... I met one of Carson's oldest friends at the at the wedding. Yeah. Delightful little Asian Asian man. He was very, very ecstatic to meet me, and uh, apparently wants to be my best friend when I go back to L.A. <laughs> I cannot wait to make all of this happen. Nice. Yeah, you guys should hang out. He's Dylan's very cool. Yes, so. Dylan. Dylan, if you're listening, let's 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 chill. <laughs> all right, uh, Bobby. Um, Give us a little uh, insight in into your later found love of this franchise. Like, what 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 attracts you to it, and like, what do you think Carson could get out of it besides like an ironic good time, <laughs> if anything? So I think I like they're just like a really weird bunch of movies, and I'm really glad we got like a weird like elaborate franchise. Um, I think this the effects and the stunts are legitimately cool. Like even in this movie, uh, they're they still hold up. Like they're really cool, and especially later on where you get like Tony Jaa, like the sheer number of amount of talent that yeah. that, that, that these movies continue to get is wild. Uh, and so the fourth one is my favorite, and. There's a really amazing scene with a uh, truck of like a truck carrying, I think, gas or something. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. it's a whole, it's a whole everything. It's really good anyway. So I think the action pieces are really good. And yeah, the, the, the you keep perpetually amping up because yeah, we start off with like DVD players and then yeah, they're the most recent one has that whole nuclear submarine chase. I'm not even kidding. <laughs> um it's uh fun and i do like the fa- the the fact that it's all about like chosen family is a cool theme that i would not expect from kind of a doofy uh action series but all right i definitely want to get into that because that is also <laughs> what attracts me to this franchise yeah. and that's why we're doing all nine in a row plus maybe the 10th one as the season finale mm-hmm. we'll see how we'll see how the timing works out um that's like it's like forty percent of the season, right there. Like we're 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 going all <laughs> in on Fast and the Furious, um, but I definitely want to address the whole chosen family thing, and um, and you can kind of see that in the clips I chose. I have two clips from the film. Neither one of them are the car stuff because it, I think it's you know we're in audio format and it doesn't really play as well. 
but I do have, you know, I do have a lot of interpersonal family dynamics uh, playing out in like the loudest possible fashion. And we're going to see the first one uh, where Vince uh, reminds Brian that nobody likes the tuna here. And <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're going to see. Coming oh, right a up. really funny thing about that tuna thing is like they spent so much time shitting on that tuna sandwich. <laughs> and I and it, that is a thousand percent something that Carson would order down to the no crust, which I think is Brian's sandwich order. In yes, that, as yes. I recall, tuna melt, no like, crust is yes. a thousand percent a thing. That Carson tuna melt would order. And tuna sandwich are like my normal diner order. So there a tuna melt is a is is a delightful mm-hmm. sandwich. It is tuna melted cheese bread it what more do like you it need it should be like really fucked up and gross but it's like but no it's 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 legit i i'm heading to the airport <laughs> after this and i'll probably get a tuna mm-hmm. melt at jfk just to like send myself <laughs> off in style it's a good thing to get before you get on a plane yeah. for five hours I absolutely think. i think nothing like a good <laughs> rocking airplane to like really <laughs> settle down that tuna melt <laughs> all right let's let's see let's see what what vince and brian have to say about about the tuna mm-hmm. at uh at that place, and uh, we'll talk right after that. Every time I see this like fast Jetta, it just kind of makes me laugh because I I don't think of a Jetta as a car you would race. Like <laughs> one of my first cars is a Jetta, that was the shittiest. But this is a souped-up Jetta. It's got a sick wall decal, and those are the infamous the shoes Jettas. that we're talking oh about. God, there they are. Yep. The cargo pants. The hot wheels boots. It's unfortunate that that Letty is unable to close her mouth for this entire first film. She's constantly open mouth yeah. pouting. <laughs> also, the tiny, the tiny, tiny sunglasses is just a yes. thing that I forgot when we just did. So why is this guy wearing a beanie in L.A.? Like I have a sleeveless Babe, shirt. Babe, you would a wear a beanie in L.A. That's offensive. <laughs> I don't think I owned a beanie when I lived in L.A. What's up with this fool? What is he sandwich such a crazy? Of yours. <laughs> what is he sandwich crazy? <laughs> this movie did have me super concerned about what happened to this to the sandwich shop, which I think disappears after this movie. I, it never comes back. And they're really good about continuity in this thing. Like they're really like obsessive about it, but they do. Yeah, the sandwich shop does kind of just goes away. <laughs> I mean, maybe when they improve their business model, because it seems like stealing VCRs is kind of a bad idea, and they lose all that money when they wreck their cars. I feel like they like lost money that year, and then when they expanded <laughs> into fighting submarines, maybe that's like more lucrative. <laughs> It is funny in the middle series because I keep doing like the one last job or like this is the one that we're going to get like loaded and like they just keep doing more. This is going to be the one we retire on. Oh, I missed the why do you go to Whataburger line? I like that he knows like the the cost like two ninety (laughs) five. That's like a pretty he good prepares deal. all the sick burns in advance. Yeah. What'd you put in that sandwich? That's really funny. Dumb. <laughs> the music cues in this are just 
And the fist fight is like a lot of grappling. Like I don't think people fight like this in real life. No, they actually no. That's very accurate. All a fist, all, all a fight is just a bunch of dudes rolling on the ground. Today I learned. I'm in your face. Brian Earl Spillman. Sounds like a serial killer name. Is that what you are? No, man. <laughs> it is like a serial killer name. Like, the FBI really should have given him a better... Hey, man, you know this is bullshit. You work for Harry, right? Yeah, I just started. You were just fired. Ooh. <laughs> All right, there you go. That's the thing I miss about LA is, like, weird buildings that have, like, bizarre, like, that car attached to the front of that building. What was that electronic store that has like a spaceship? I really don't see that outside of LA. Oh, uh, Fry's. Yeah, that thing is like out of business almost. Like Wait, I went there. Really? Yeah, I went there um, like three, four months ago, just like nostalgia because there's a sandwich shop inside of Fry's, which, mm -hmm. I, which is horrible. Uh, <laughs> not even the tuna is very good there, mm -hmm. but I, I went there and it was like, it was nearly empty. It was, it was like spooky. You know, like, it felt like, <laughs> like I was in danger in this place and I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so sad. I've never been fries. there and I really like I really want to go. It looks so cool. Yeah, no, it was when I when Carson and I lived there, it was one of my favorite places to go on like the weekend and we'd go there and like, you know, just buy fucking custom computer parts or whatever and just nerd and energy stuff. drinks. Energy drinks, yeah. <laughs> and now it's now it's just a ghost town. It's sad. Um we can take these off. Mm -hmm. Um oh, yeah. We'll get the rhythm with the the headphones in a sec. Um, yeah, so guys, watch your back. That's <laughs> <laughs> nothing else. We've learned from that scene. Watch your back. Uh, that was a, that was a super concentrated distillation of two thousand one. If there ever was one, right. everything, uh, everything, the music cues, the shoes. Uh, oh my god, that was aggressive, and it's weird because. You for it's it's weird that things just become embarrassing. Like you think about like the eighties, like oh, well, that's obviously dumb. Like, <laughs> a lot of moose in your hair and like all this crap, and you don't think about how embarrassing like the more recent past is. But this was eighteen, nineteen years ago, and it is terrible. The hair oh, yeah. is, uh, yeah, I forgot. Wallet like chains. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Brian's hair really does look like you know like packaged ramen or something throughout this entire movie. I mean, he's a pretty boy. He's a pretty oh. boy, and his like his his like fluffy locks are fine. I I, I do I, I I did notice this you know because I did watch four films in a row mm -hmm. um, in the past two days, mm -hmm. like how shapeless his wardrobe is. Yeah, they, they put him in like these these like plain t-shirts all the time i don't know why they do that to him it's so sad mm -hmm. other than his untimely death that may be the saddest part about this uh <laughs> franchise's treatment of him um yeah uh oh my gosh um maybe because he's a cop that's why he doesn't get any cool outfits you know? he really doesn't he really really doesn't and they have him working for the parts guy undercover so i think that's part of his uniform but oh, like yeah. Yeah. but like in too fast too furious he, he's wearing like just a white and ugly like shapeless white t-shirt i don't know why it feels very 2000s though like, yeah 
or like maybe just dudes in general wearing shapeless things and then wearing their work stuff everywhere. I think it's that's like, that. You go buy more than one pair of khakis, Chad. But then, but then look at Vince and his like fucking fabulous West Hollywood mesh t-shirt that he's wearing <laughs> with his with his sleeveless jacket, and he's just he's owning it. He's like, this doesn't make me gay. I'm gonna wear this mesh T-shirt, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight over this girl. Uh-huh. These, those two things aren't in Congress at all. When did metrosexual become a thing? Because that was a thing for a while. I think that was. A, I think it was right around this time. I think yeah. metros like when the first queer eye was out was oh, when the yeah. whole metrosexual thing was happening. Because that was that was the thing that they were turning like these these schlumpy guys into metros <laughs> back then, and that was that was old school queer eye. Mm-hmm. I think it was right right around this time because it yeah. was. It was in that weird like delta between my first and second uh, trips to L.A. Mm. when that was happening. When I was living in that in that big house um, that we had after Dad died, where oh yeah, yeah, that was all. That was like two thousand five. So it was right around this time, a little bit later, but right around this time. As 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 modern queers in in two thousand nineteen, let's let's talk let's let's go back to Bobby what you're talking about the whole chosen family thing because oh, yeah. you see this beginning in this film although the relationships aren't really all that strong like they they kind of don't like each other no and i was talking cuz Carson was asking who like makes it through later on and it's like yeah it's just Letty um Jordana Brewster's character whose name i'm forgetting yeah and yeah Vince and um Brian right it's just the the core four like yeah. the couples make it through and like they're yeah. But Vince does come back, I think, in Fast Five, does he not? Oh, yes, he does. As like a tragic figure. Really, uh, really briefly, though. Really, really briefly. Um, <clears throat> I think they just, I think, as we were saying earlier, they, they do have a weird commitment to continuity in this thing. They were like, what happened to Vince when he disappeared at the end of the first yeah. movie? And they're like, oh, well, this is what happened. We'll find out four movies later, but then we'll not worry about it after that. Though it's also, because su- wasn't it originally just going to be a trilogy? So it's like this one and then Too Fast, Too Furious, which has nobody except Brian and Tyrese. Oh, and, and then- Tedge. Oh, yes, 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 yes. yes. Oh, there, that's Ludacris, yeah. And I'm really, really, really max. They have Devin Aoki, who one is not in Tokyo Drift, which is just weird that yeah. like you have a Japanese woman racer who just isn't in Tokyo Drift. And then, yeah, Tokyo Drift, which has nobody except for Vin Diesel in the last, like, two seconds in a post-credit scene. Oh, Han is amazing and iconic so much that they broke continuity (laughs) in order to keep him in it. They they bent the rules of time and space to keep Han in this film. Is this the thing where, like, somebody dies and then all of a sudden they're back? Okay. He he dies in 2006, but somehow is alive in 2012, but is somehow the timeline supposedly makes sense. Although the tech does not. Tokyo Drift huh. is supposed to take place in between, I guess, the fifth is when, like... Tokyo Drift is supposed to take place during the same time of the events of part seven, because that's, oh, yes. when, that's when Han basically... No, part six. Yes. Because part seven is when Jason Statham is, is the villain. So yes. Statham cameos at the end of six. So, so three and six happen at the same time. Statham kills Han, Han. but then he becomes the primary villain. <laughs> In seven, but then he becomes a hero in eight, and then becomes the lead in Hobbs and Shaw. Hobbs and Shaw, yes, yes, very tortured. Every episode of of this like of this part of the series is going to be just twenty minutes of me explaining the continuity. <laughs> just, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> but yeah, the point being, it's originally optioned as like a three 
as like I think a three parter thing. Yeah. And I'm really glad we got more of it. And yeah, they introduced some fabulous characters that stay throughout. But it's really funny that like the next two movies basically have nothing to do with the first one except for Brian and yeah. the first and the and then like yeah, Tokyo Drift is just a whole just other a animal. Whole other thing all by itself. Very strange. All right, we're gonna watch one more clip and then we're gonna start winding it down. I, I do want to talk about one thing. Uh, after this next clip um, and Carson touched on it because he and I are, are from the same family and had, and we had the same questions and I've always had this question about this series, especially in the early going and we're going to watch this clip kind of apropos of nothing, but I really enjoy it. <laughs> uh, it's my, one of my favorite lines of all time. We've already referenced it and we're going to watch that and talk a little more coming up. Can't close your mouth. Just can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't just run back to the fort. <laughs> Classic. The dedication to like, yeah, him wiping the mouth yes. is like really. Accurate. That's a sick ass two thousand one burn. <laughs> There's so many muscle shirts in this house. Well, the AC's not really working, so it's probably good. Yeah, maybe that's why they all look so sweaty all the time. Yeah. You got no call being up in here. You don't know that fool for shit. Yeah, he's right, dog. There was a time when I didn't know you. I do not miss those like weird way. leather cuffs that dudes used to wear. <laughs> it was like you were like a Hercules extra or something. <laughs> do you prefer the leather cuffs or like those sweatbands? That you like those I wrist sweatbands? I prefer neither. It's, they're both disgusting. The leather cuffs, absolutely. <laughs> that, that was a hot shit. <laughs> Oh, or like dog tags, but like you weren't in the military. You just got them at like Spencer's or something. All right. I think we're going to cut out of that. Yeah. Um, it's just a little bit more of that. Uh, yeah, cool. So you can have any beer you want as long as it's a Corona. Yes, absolutely. Or if you're in the eighth movie, Stella, which is really heartbreaking for me. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. They they live like 
Well, they're in LA. There's like better beers. I don't know why anybody would. It's 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 the family. Yeah. He's, he's a blue collar guy. All right, that's the thing. He's a blue collar guy. Blue collar beers. <laughs> uh, well, you can take it up with Toretto. Like what? <laughs> like Tecate? Yeah, I don't know. Tecate over LA Corona. Tecate. All right. LA has. Does LA have Tecate? LA I has don't, plenty of that. Yeah. I assumed. I assumed, <laughs> but I realized I do not know. So. LA has those weird beers that only exist in Mexico that come over in like. And like someone's back of someone's car and something like that. Yeah, no, they definitely have Tecate. They definitely mm-hmm. have Corona. Uh, I, I'm sure that, I'm sure that you know, real hardcore like street racers be like, uh, Corona bullshit. But like, <laughs> but in the world that they they developed, it it's fine. Yeah, they also drink. Sorry, one of my favorite things. So later on, when they're like in the um, kitchen, it's so like right after that scene. I think I'm as I recall, there's an aggressive Snapple product placement. Yeah, which like I just find oh yeah hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Please enjoy Corona or a wide variety of Snapple. <laughs> or have or have a Snapple lemon tea. I feel like Snapple is a weird choice. Like Snapple is expensive. I feel like if you were gonna be like you know working class, you'd be like. Arizona iced tea, the one with like the little Asian flowers on yeah, it. Yeah, the prices on the can. No, we <laughs> yeah. we get that. Like, but like they gave <laughs> obviously they gave you know they gave Snapple to the production for like you know for like brand uh, integration. Mm-hmm. But um, what I want to talk about though, and I this keeps coming up as I watch these early mm-hmm. films. Brian makes yeah, you know, he's a cop. He mm-hmm. he doesn't make a lot of money. The city of L.A. is completely underfunded. These guys. Yes, they're selling DVD players and they make however many millions that they say <laughs> off of stolen. I don't know the how the math works. The lucrative building. The lucrative stolen DVD yeah. world. But like there are dozens of kids that are racing these cars and they're they're working just regular jobs. I'm guessing unless everybody's yeah. stealing DVDs in this world. What? No, like what? Yeah. What is Ja Rule's uh, uh, job in this? Because I don't think he's canonically Ja Rule. I don't know. No, I don't he's think his not, character is named. <laughs> his, his, his character is named. His, it is not Ja Rule. My question is that they're they're just giving away cars. They're wrecking. They're destroying cars, and they're they're giving them away when they lose the race. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the police guy is all like, "That was an eighty thousand dollar car." And I was like, "Oh my fucking god!" Yeah, and two thousand one dollars. That, that's <laughs> that's right? a lot of money. That's like that's like five years' salary for those guys. Yeah. Like, that's a ridiculous amount of money for a car just to be destroyed. And they do it all the time in these movies. Oh, yeah. And they, they like, I only race for slips. Are you fucked in the head? Like, who <laughs> does that? Who gives away a car? Because yeah, the only one who seems to be worried about the consequences is um, nail polish guy. And he's like, my Jesse. dad who's in prison is going to murder me when he gets out of yeah. prison because I lost his car. And there's like, a, there's, we're not even talking about the whole like Johnny Tran, like, so oh, with the yeah. Asian gangsters that just drive around on motorcycles and they also apparently have DVDs and they thought they were the gang, but apparently they just had a warehouse full of DVD players just legitimately. As you do. As you do. As one does. rich, so maybe they have like a DVD player laser disc empire. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose. (laughs) But like this, the, like it, it exists in what appears to be the real world, but then like nothing has any value. Like they're just throwing away cars right and left. I mean, but it also, um, I don't know if you've gotten into these several kind of jokey fan theories, but are also like 
really true, which is so like, no. So like they're kind of low key superheroes. And I think it's really yeah, funny absolutely. in this one because later and like I think from like the second movie on flipping a car is really I guess from when it ends, because I guess Dom flips that car at the end. He and flips is the car fine. At the end. Yes. But like as it Vince is like dying, I think. Oh, no, because he's he's like all wrapped up and stuff. I thought I thought someone flipped a car and wasn't fine in this. But yeah, you just flip a car and it's fine. You're fine. Like in these movies, like yeah. it's just and like you nothing. Just, like, crawl out and you're like, oh, that sucked. My like car. you have a couple of yeah. like um, a cut on your forehead. Like, yeah. Uh, aesthetic scratches and like you're great. And yeah. they're, they're not, it looks like they're just wearing like regular seatbelts. Like they don't have those weird racing seatbelts that you can buy. I think in later, mm-hmm. in later films, they do get, they the, do. Like, they do get the multi-point harness, mm-hmm. but um, oh, yeah, yeah they, it's, <laughs> there's a lot of implausibilities going on, but like, it, cause like we would have, we would, we would, our cars would break growing up and they'd be, they'd be like a thousand dollars, these cheap ass cars. And then all of a sudden the family was fucked for months. Because we would have like one less car to get around in, yeah. And I'd have to pick you up from school. But we weren't stealing DVDs. We say, you know, absolutely not. Absolutely world not. Of That's true. DVD <laughs> we were doing other illegal things that were not as lucrative. As stealing <laughs> DVDs. If, if only we had upgraded the DVD <laughs> player theft. Oh yeah, then but we also been fine. the resources that the FBI, the the gratuitous like, oh, we're like held hold up in like this like former Hollywood house. It's like what like Elizabeth Taylor, I think it's name dropped in that one, mm-hmm. yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, we have all the, and like later on, especially like in the second one and stuff, it's like, oh yeah, here just like have like your pick of impounded cars, I guess, like of various Which is fanciness. So weird, because when you're watching like SVU, like the first season, they don't even have computers. I feel like I feel like they're still using typewriters, and you're like, what is this? <laughs> yeah uh all right all right we we are we are we are at the hour mark um carson you you made it through another another season premiere do you feel manlier do you feel like you've learned anything from the fast and the furious Um, about the world of masculinity the dudes have weird obsessive interests i feel like there's like car guys and comic book guys and like i I don't think I have anything like that. I don't have an obsessive thing. You say this as you're wearing a Dungeons and Dinners <laughs> yeah. and Dragons and Drive-Ins and Dives t-shirt right in front of me. I don't actually play d and I'm a fake nerd boyfriend, I guess. I know. It's, yeah. it's really upsetting to I, me. Yeah, I think my, my obsession you're a buster. is ironic you t-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're a D&D <laughs> pretty, buster. Pretty much. <laughs> TLC warned you about me. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Uh, also known as a buster. All right. Uh, <laughs> Bobby, um do you feel like the do you feel like the do you feel like the Fast and the Furious franchise has any greater lessons for Carson as as you prepare to start your own chosen family together? Uh yeah. Uh, we definitely say grace after all of our meals. Absolutely no. wonderful. <laughs> like, or before, rather. Um no, I yeah, chosen family is important. Um and clearly we're in the wrong line of work and should get into TVG <laughs> player. The... Yeah. All right. Uh, you guys, uh, let us know, uh, Carson, uh, Bobby, if you got anything out on the internet that you want people to follow or any sort of like causes you want to draw attention to, uh, what do you got for us? Um, you have a podcast. I do a, I do a Dungeons and Dragons. Well, actually, it's it's <laughs> Masks, which is another format, but same thing. Pen and paper RPG podcast called They See Me Rolling. I'm on but the second arc, so if you want to 
check out more stuff with that. Yeah. And uh, you can find me, uh, Gina Bloom, on all social media at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M, at GinaBloomDoesComedy.com, and of course, right here on Sweet the Ladies Guide to Bro Culture. Uh, keep listening. We've got Too Fast, Too Furious through Hobbs and Shaw coming up right in a row. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, more uh, bro stuff right after that. Season two is underway uh, and more fun is to come. Uh, so kick back and uh, just remember you can have any beer you like as long as it's a Corona. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>